Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debates, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadiens Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadiens Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host over the next hour, and uh, I'm thrilled to be joined by the uh, Gilbert Dion to my Mark Barbario, the one and only <laughs> Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? I'm doing real well. Happy August to you, and uh, we're in the midst of a long weekend in Canada, and what better... Uh, thing to do but be talking hockey on the Canadians connection pleased to be here with you yeah it's great to be here obviously I mean this is such a exciting time of the year and we're going to go down the list of topics that we're going to talk about and and as we speak I mean we've got the world junior summer showcase that's going on the summer showcase excuse me and uh, that's been dominating the uh, the hockey world over the last little while and we've had some great coverage from the AHL report and Amy Johnson, that's going to be our big topic for today's episode. But we're into August and we still have so much news to talk about with, uh, with signings, with, with, uh, you know, Nikita Gusev, who we're going to talk about in just a minute. And, and obviously in such a time of optimism with the summer showcase going on, we have the question of the week in segment three, which asks the very simple question, which of the Habs young guns are you looking forward to, or excuse me, you're most excited to see in the lineup this season? So we threw that out on Twitter. It's on the All Habs fan page on Facebook. So we're going to get to the responses to that question in the third segment of the show. But uh, Rick, we also have our text line and a call in number as well. Fans are getting excited about the season, are getting excited about the lineup, and uh, we want to know which which of those young guns, uh, and there's a few of them that have been discussed this this season, uh, this uh, off season. Is it is it Ryan Paling? Is it uh, Nick Suzuki? Is it the guy who's lighting it up at the World Junior Summer Showcase, Cole Caulfield? Who are you most excited to see in the Canadians lineup? Uh, this fall. And uh, if you have an answer to that, as uh, Joe said, you can go to uh, connect with us on social media or you can call us directly. We have a studio number. It is 213-943-3754, 213-943-3754. We are a live podcast every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you're listening to us on demand, with which uh, thousands of people do, and we're happy for that on your favorite podcast application. You can text us on the Rocket Sports text line. And that number is 5853-ROCKET. It's 5853-ROCKET. Yeah, and uh, this is episode 45 of this Canadians Connection podcast. And last week, you mentioned, I saw, if you, if you remember off the top, last week I said the Sheldon Surrey to my Bobby Farnham, which every week I do that <laughs> in accordance to what episode number we are on and last week it was Bobby Farnham that I said and we had some news come out a little while ago 
that Bobby Farnham is headed to Belfast, former Ice Caps forward uh, in the Canadians organization. And uh, I saw that on Twitter today. And uh, it was really uh, just really happy that Bobby's going to be going over there and experiencing that. And uh, I guess the, the tie in this week with Mark Barbario, also a former Ice Cap. So I uh, wanted to get that one in there, uh, Bobby Farnham, over to Belfast, which I feel like St. John's is a, is a very good uh, preparation for uh, for Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. And and if you talk to Bobby, even even still, um, we 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 talked to him uh, as recently as last year, and and he he always speaks very favorably about his time in St. John's. He loved it. Uh, of course, you got to meet him. You did a great article on him, and he still remembers that. But uh, uh, he still remembers the uh, the people of St. John's, the, uh, the Mile One Arena, and, and the reception he got wherever he went um, in that that uh, fun city. And and uh, now with him going over to Belfast uh, with the Belfast Giants, and and he wouldn't be the first Montreal Canadiens. Uh, uh, player to have done that uh we remember greg stewart um who played with the with the with the bulldogs and then went over jonathan furland is is another one and oh, I yeah. think, uh <laughs> jonathan furland um he, w- he was with a, a canadians um 2002 round pick and um and he played with belfast uh last year now uh he he may be a teammate of bobby's this coming uh season for belfast yeah, so it was. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a, a great opportunity to play over there, and they love the blue collar guys over there. I think Bobby Farnham has been a fan favorite everywhere he's been. Wilkes-Barre, the New Jersey Devils organization, St. John's, and I have no doubt that it'll be the same story in Belfast. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll move on to uh, to uh, Nikita Gusev, who. In a little bit, I guess he's coming. It's the opposite. He's coming from the KHL to the NHL, coming from overseas to play in North America. And this was something that I think a lot of people saw coming with uh, Nikita Gusev. It didn't seem like there wasn't a fit in Vegas. They didn't really need to, uh, you know, with all their forward depth and the contracts that they already have signed, there wasn't room for Nikita Gusev. So, he was somebody that was coveted by a lot of NHL teams. He's, he's long been a guy that has been viewed as potentially the, the best player, not in the NHL. And you look over his last four seasons, going back to 2015, 250 points in uh, 206 games played with uh, St. Petersburg of the KHL. So this is a guy who is coveted. And, and you looked at, the New Jersey Devils, who have already improved so drastically in this offseason, to go and trade for Nikita Gusev the way that they did for a second and a third and then sign him to a two-year, $9 million deal, that's that's a steal, is it not? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, as you mentioned, there's two components of that. To get him at as, uh, with for just a second and third round pick, well, uh, and not remove anything from the roster. Well, that's uh, uh, that's pretty impressive. And you look at the kind of work um, uh, that Shiro do- has done in uh, with the Devils in the off season. This off season, um, you know, the the subtractions don't add up to much. Kenny Agostino, which which uh, uh, many will know, uh, many <laughs> will know that player. Stefan Nosen, Steve Santini, John Quenville, but the additions. 
John Hayden, Jack Hughes, number one pick of, of the June draft, Wayne Simmons, PK Subban, uh, and Nikita Gusev. That's, uh, that's a pretty quick makeover for um, the Devils. And um, like I say, a second and third round pick, uh, Canadians certainly could have afforded that. Uh, team-friendly deal at $4.5 million. Um, uh, Canadians certainly could have afford, afforded that. And, and, you know, we've gone through the, the offseason with Canadians fans being very, very hopeful um, that uh, Mark Bergevin would add that punch, would add that, that, that bit of scoring to the lineup and uh, started that the Canadians fans were very, very hopeful for uh, Matt Duchesne. Uh, Matt Duchesne had a, a cup of coffee with, with um, Mark Bergevin, but it didn't go much further than that. Um, uh, then it, the, the buzz was about, well, don't worry about Duchesne. Uh, people were penciling Sebastian Ajo into the lineup. That <laughs> didn't work. Kind of a weak offer from Mark Bergevin. He, his heart really wasn't in that one. Uh, then it was, well, don't worry about that because another offer sheet's coming. Everybody wait for the Patrick Lina uh, offer sheet. That didn't happen. And and then Canadians fans were um, uh, genuinely looking forward to, um, you know, a scoring winger like Gusev and, and, you know, I've seen some some rather silly things on Twitter saying, "Oh, don't worry about Gusev, loss of Gusev because we have Ryan Paling," or "Don't worry about him because we have Suzuki." Well, that's just, uh, you know, I I know that that um, playing in the KHL, you, uh, fans may not have have may not know about much about him. Uh, he is has been a scoring machine, and as you said, uh, uh, has for some time been the best player uh, outside the NHL and. And, you know, in, in the world of analytics, there's a bit of a metric that um, you can apply to the situation and, and has been fairly reliable as, as this metric has been uh, uh, tweaked. And, and um, if, if you want an idea of how a player will do in the NHL, just multiply his KHL totals by the ratio of 0.75. And if you do that with um, Nikita Gusev, um, that puts him at a point per game player. Now, you know, are we saying that he's going to be an 80, 80 point guy? Well, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if he'll get there, but what if he was a 70 point guy? The Canadians only yeah. had one of those in Matt Domi. What if he was a 60 point guy? The Canadians didn't have anybody there. Um, what if he was, if he can be a 50 point guy, we're looking at Tatar and, and um, Brandon Gallagher and, so I think he would have been a, a, a pretty good, uh, not a, a, a solid addition to the lineup. And, and unfortunately, Mark Bergevin uh, couldn't get it done um, and uh, couldn't add that scoring punch to, uh, to the lineup. Yeah, and I think that this is a missed opportunity if you're looking at this from the Montreal Canadiens side of things. Because... I know that when people like it's always this, there's this sort of a stigma around the guys that come from the KHL to the NHL that, Oh, th- sometimes it doesn't translate. It's a different style of game, different skill level, whatever excuse that people would want to come up with as to why, you know, sometimes guys can't really adapt to the North American style, but this seems like a different situation. And the Canadians have also dipped their toe in that water before. And it's worked out, really, really well with Alexander Radulov. And I would argue that 
that is a much more of a of a risk or a gamble to sign. I know it was only one year, but there was a lot of question marks around Alexander Radulov at that time. You know, he left the league in a in a way that didn't look very good on on his end, and the Canadians took a gamble on him, and it worked. So to go and get a guy like a Nikita Gusev at four and a half million over two years, I know that there's, that there's the commitment of two years, but four and a half million isn't all that much. And especially not, you know, when you look at the Canadians who desperately need something on the power play. And if Nikita Gusev could provide that, then that is something that the Canadians should have been, should have been in on for that price. I mean, draft picks are not, overly important to the Canadians at this point. They have stockpiled many of them and they've already got a system that looks pretty good in terms of of prospects that could come up through the ranks in the coming years. It's not that big of a deal for them to give up a couple of draft picks. So to me, this was a missed opportunity, no doubt about it. And uh, for for the New Jersey Devils though, I mean, you're looking at this, like you said, they're, they're drastically improved. Yeah, I, I I think you're right, and and if even we we look just at the power play, uh, there's not been anything in the off season to uh, to address that issue, uh, and um, uh, no question that that uh, Gusev could have helped the the Montreal Canadiens power play. And the difficulty is that now uh, there's it, this puts much more pressure, and we've talked about it before about the the prospect about the young guns. That goes yeah. back to our question of the day. Uh, to uh, for them to be uh, to to pick up the slack to add the the uh, the punch to to be the impact players uh, and that's a little unfair you you, you kind of want to bring them in um, uh, slowly and and uh, and let them develop and if Gusev could provide that bridge for the two years uh, that seemed to be a good fit a good formula for. Um, Montreal for Mark Bergevin to kind of get him in and provide a bit of a buffer for for his uh, prospects, whether we're talking about Paling or Suzuki or Kakanyemi or whoever it is. Um, uh, it it as you said, uh, unfortunately, uh, another missed opportunity for Mark Bergevin. Yeah, and I mean, this is uh, like like you said, you don't want to put too much on the plate of those young guys because they're going to be coming in with a lot of expectation regardless. So if if them being the guys who are looked at to fix a power play that was just brutal for all of last season. That is way too much to put on them at this point. But uh, regardless, uh, Nikita Gusev going to the New Jersey Devils for a couple of draft picks. The Canadians earlier this summer were on the other end of that, where they moved out a player for a collection of draft picks. And that was Andrew Shaw. Uh, That was back on the June 30th, uh, excuse me, I get the date 100% right there. Uh, that was June 30th, yes. So they traded Andrew Shaw back to Chicago, and we've gotten some comments from Andrew Shaw about his return to Chicago. And he's somebody, obviously, when you have that level of success that he had in Chicago, winning two Stanley Cups, getting that opportunity, and he spoke about that, getting an opportunity from that organization, being drafted there, and then being a part of those two Stanley Cups, that was something that I think, regardless of where he went, and, and he went to another great market in Montreal, he, he said that he couldn't move on from Chicago after all that, had, all that he had 
accomplished there with that group. Andrew Shaw thought of in his time um, in Montreal, in, in, in the eyes of fans, he was seen as a heart and soul player and to learn uh, now, as he, he speaks back on his time in Montreal, that his heart was never really in it. His heart always belonged to Chicago uh, is probably a a bit of a blow for um, Andrew Shaw fans. And, and he said, um, you know, he just could never let go of, of Chicago uh, he talked about uh, uh, guys in the dressing room always, uh, you know, giving him a hard time about cutting the cord, and and it's it's something that was tough and something that that he just couldn't do, uh, and yeah. that uh, his entire time in Montreal, he hoped that he could uh, return to Chicago. So he's uh, he's very happy to be there, and and and. Um, uh, grateful to uh, Mark Bergevin for returning him to uh, his first love, so to speak. Yeah. And I mean, there's something special about that uh, going back. And and I feel like wherever he would have went, that would have been the case because that you just, you've done so much in a city. You've won two Stanley cups there and it goes back to getting drafted there. That being the place that gave you an opportunity to begin with and that's something that I think you can't you can you can point to the two Stanley Cups and I'm sure that played a huge role or a huge part in him not wanting to go but guys are loyal they want to be where they were given an opportunity they want to repay the franchise that gave them an opportunity and for a guy like Andrew Shaw I know going being a heart and soul guy I mean he still left a lot out there for the Canadians um well, this last season with a, with a career high in points. But, you know, there was always going to be, I think, for every player, especially ones like Andrew Shaw, who are those heart and soul guys, if they find a place that loves them the way that Chicago loved Andrew Shaw, it doesn't matter where you're going to go because that's always going to be your home, especially if it's a team that gave you the first chance, really, to, to be a professional. So, uh, not overly surprising uh, comments, I, I think, from Andrew Shaw, but I'm sure there are still lots of Habs fans that feel that feel a little bit jaded that he's not somebody that could have grown into loving Montreal in, in the same way. But I mean, it, it might be a bit of a different conversation at the at the price that he was getting paid. <laughs> well, it, I, I think that uh, yeah, Canadians fans uh, did love him, but he spoke, um, you know. Uh, very emotionally about um, the love that he feels in Chicago and, and Canadians fans, um, you know, there's a, it's special to play in, in the bell center and, and uh, uh, both Canadians players and, and uh, NHL players will, will uh, speak about that. Ben Sherratt said, said that uh, earlier, but uh, the United Center, <laughs> it's nothing to yeah. sneeze at. Um, no. The biggest arena, <laughs> we forget, the United Center is is the biggest arena in the NHL. They pack it every night. The um, the best anthem singer in the league. It's it's an inspirational place to play, and, and uh, Shaw recognized that, excited to get back to it. And the teammates that spoke about him are excited to have uh, Seabrook talked about that spark, that, that Shaw being that guy that, that pokes you along, that propels you along, that is, can be hard on you and, and to make yeah. you better. And, <laughs> and uh, Kane, Kane talked about that in Taves as well. So um, yeah, Andrew Shaw, uh, listen, um, 
um, won't won't talk about uh, you know uh, whether he's he's because uh, I think he did appreciate his time in Montreal, but he's certainly yeah. very 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 happy to be back in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on, we do have another interesting story that was that's been mostly made up by fans and some portions of the media, and, and that's that. Samuel Moran of the Philadelphia Flyers organization has been looked at as a bit of a target or a potential trade target for the Montreal Canadiens and Mark Bergevin. And he's an intriguing player at just 24 years old, but he's had, he's racked up a lot of different injuries, including a torn ACL. Um, At 24 years old, I know that there's some that will look at the upside in Sam Moran, but do you, do you look at him as being, the same guy that he was when the, when the, uh, when the flyers drafted him. That's the question, right? Cause you look at yeah. his, his uh, resume, you look at his, his numbers and a six foot six, uh, 205 pound guy, uh, uh, a number one pick in the 2013 draft, number 11 overall yeah. uh, left hand, left handed shooter, boy, it, you know, all of yeah. these things are lining up. Boy, <laughs> would he be good for the Canadians? Um, born in, in Blackpool, so a, a, a local there. Um, and, uh, but the issue is, um, uh, you know, since 2013. And, and, and let's not forget that uh, a world junior gold medalist and, and yeah. there's a Q championship um, in there as well um uh, wore a letter in in Ramuski and and all of those things make him a really intriguing prospect but um just eight games in the nhl since uh since being selected by the flyers he's had a ton of injury problems um you know he missed uh, almost all of last season last season he's played 20 games in the last two seasons uh, partly in, mostly in the AHL and, and uh, a couple of games here and there for the Flyers. Um, uh, he would be, he would be pretty uh, a high risk to uh, get yeah. involved in. Now, the, now listen, the Flyers have uh, a boatload of defensemen. Um, we, we, on this show, uh, way back at the trade deadline, we talked about Shane Gostas beer being a, an attractive target. Um, that didn't happen. And, and Fletcher committed to, to saying that, uh, Gossip Spear is part of the team going forward. Uh, so it looks like the players that, uh, are on the bubble for the flyers are Robert Hag and, and Sam Moran. And, and so you understand why there's some, uh, discussion about him, but, um, I don't see that the Canadians, uh, have a place for him. If they trade for him, he has to be in the lineup, uh, you know, at least 30 yeah. days. And, and with, uh, his lack of playing experience over the past two years, uh, that would be a huge gamble. And, um, you know, his development, his, his uh, injuries have really stunted his, his development. Uh, and he'd need considerable time. In my opinion, I've seen, I've seen him play for the, uh, the phantoms and, and uh, he needs, he needs a, a season uh, in the AHL to, to get his career back on track. Yeah, just unfortunately a guy that's been absolutely derailed by uh, by injuries almost at every turn. And, and yeah, that's that's the part of this where I could see it potentially for Mark Bergevin. It seems like a Bergevin move that in maybe maybe not anytime soon, but in a year or so, 
His value might be a little bit low. You can pick him up off the scrap heap and give him a chance. But it just seems like he's been through so much at, at this just at this point, at the age of 24, he's already been through so much that I don't know. It, it just seems like for the Canadians right now, this I don't think would be a move that helps them accomplish what they are looking to accomplish because I don't think he fits in either window really with Carey Price and Shea Weber or the young guys that you've already that you've already accumulated through the draft because the age of 24 is kind of in that in-between zone where yeah, it'd be great if he could develop and play, but that's kind of a window that's closing ever so slightly as he gets towards, you know, the, the latter part of his 20s. So, it, you know, it's it's an interesting player. Like you said, he's very intriguing, and he's got a resume that, that backs up his, uh, you know, being the 11th overall pick, but it, it would be a risk for the Montreal Canadiens to, uh, to go and get him. But Mark Bergevin is not shied away from that sort of risk before other other things he has shied away from but picking up a guy with an injury history or or something that has kind of hurt his value a little bit that's something that he's been known to do so who knows maybe maybe that's something that does happen but I don't know if I would be doing it uh (laughs) if I was if I was in Mark Bergevin's shoes um so speaking of GM Mark Bergevin for the Montreal Canadiens the Minnesota Wild fired their GM, Paul Fenton, earlier this week, and that has led to a GM search in Minnesota, and it's been reported that Montreal Canadiens assistant GM Scott Mellenby has been looked at as one of a a potential candidate for uh, being the GM in Minnesota. Yeah, the the uh, the Wild have asked uh, the Canadians uh, permission to speak to Scott Mellenby um, in their their GM search. Uh, they don't have a lot of time to um, uh, put this together. That you know, Paul yeah. Fenton out after just a year, and yeah. uh, and towards the end of July, uh, they 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 have to make the decision pretty quickly. Um, Scott Mellenby is is known as uh, you know a, a, a bright guy and and uh, we see him at the rink a lot. He does a lot of scouting, um, and um, and have talked to him. Um, the 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 sense I got, um, uh, Mellenby uh, having not been a, a GM before, would kind of be in the similar uh, frame as as Paul Fenton was, and and um, I think that the critique on Paul Fenton was that he was excellent at scouting, uh, but not very good at, at all of the other things that encompass a, a GM's um, uh, position and that they gave, uh, Leopold gave the kind of uh, hint that he was looking at more of a, an experienced um, uh, GM. Um, and that would maybe not apply to, to Scott Mellenby, you know, looking at maybe a Peter Shirelli, uh, who's been rumored as a as a candidate for the Wild? Looking at a Ron Hextall, uh, which which would be very interesting because, <laughs> in essence, uh, the the Wild and the Flyers would have swapped GMs if that works out with yeah. with uh, <laughs> Fletcher replacing Hextall and Hextall replacing eventually uh, Fletcher uh, via Fenton. So, uh, but it it also it, it should. Um, for Canadians fans, I mean, they should realize that there's some real talent 
um, in in the uh, the exec at the executive level for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we know that w- with Mellonby being a, uh, a candidate for uh, the GM role in in wa- the Minnesota, we know that Sean Burke was a uh, a, a candidate for the Oilers GM position. Uh, and we also know that Trevor Timmons could be a GM for almost any yeah. <laughs> any place he wishes that, that he's just been held on to and, and, and paid handsomely uh, to remain uh, with the Montreal Canadiens for all that he does uh, uh, for Montreal. So uh, there's some real talent there, and, and uh, Scott Mellonby uh, being the uh, latest to get some recognition uh, from other teams. Yeah, and just in a... Uh... Just another piece of news that has been that caught my attention. I don't know. I think I, I sent it to you as well, and, and you said that you, you like this guy. But uh, Chris Higgins is a former Montreal Canadian and Vancouver Canuck, and he's going back to Vancouver in a uh, player development role. And that was something that uh, caught my attention when I saw it earlier this week. And he's somebody that, I mean, you look at the guy that played with Zach Ukoiva. Remember those teams? Uh, playing with he was playing with Zach Okoibu a lot and, and, and Sergei Kostitsin as well and that was a guy who scored 27 goals one year and then he was a part of that Scott Gomez trade and that's uh, we don't like to talk about that here but uh, <laughs> going to Vancouver <laughs> in a, a player development role all things uh, all things that you hear about him uh, he spent a little bit of time with the Utica Comets Comets and and was very well liked uh, so this seems to be a good fit for him. It, it it does and and I I do like um, I I did like Chris Higgins when he was uh, with Montreal um, you know I have a, a number twenty one uh, jersey on it um, yeah. it's not Gianta <laughs> it's not uh, Nick Cousins it's uh, no. it's uh, <laughs> it's Higgins um, and uh, yeah you know I I think he'll he'll be a good fit in in Vancouver and. And uh, congratulations to him for uh, continuing his career, his hockey career. I wonder if anyone has a Nick Cousins jersey at this point. That'd be a, that'd be an interesting. <laughs> we'll throw that one out there later on, but <laughs> maybe that's a conversation for a different day. Um, but yeah, that'll wrap up the uh, the news portion, I think, of of this uh, of this segment. So we're going to take just a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the World Junior Summer Showcase. And there's been some great coverage provided, as I mentioned by Amy Johnson and the AHL report. So we're going to discuss Habs prospects at the summer showcase. And of course, the one that's caught most of the attention to this point has been Cole Caulfield. So we'll dive in and look at some other guys who have, uh, who are playing there as well. So stick around. We'll be back after this. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, 
visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadian Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. And as we speak, uh, Finland and Sweden are playing. And this is the final day of the World Junior Summer Showcase. And it's finishing off as only it can with Sweden and Finland and then Canada, USA. It's just it does not get any better than that. Uh, and, you know, this is such a fun time of year. And, and we were saying how this is a tournament that has really started to catch the attention of hockey fans. And so it should, because it's August 3rd. There isn't any other hockey that's being played at the moment, or at least none that, you know, we (laughs) will talk about on this podcast. So this is just, it's such an exciting time of year. So much optimism that is, you know, that exists watching these guys play. And, you know, I think that this is, Really, I mean, for the Montreal Canadiens with guys like Cole Caulfield and guys like uh, Jacob Olofsson and Jordan Harris, this is an exciting and, and really interesting tournament to watch. And, and maybe, it's, maybe it's time to, uh, just in case, we've, we've had lots of new uh, listeners um, uh, listen to the pod, Canadians Connection podcast over the summer. And maybe for those uh, we knew, uh, we will explain what, is the World Junior Summer Showcase? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we we I, I think for most hockey fans, you know, the most wonderful time of the year comes in uh, on Boxing Day, and that that yep. <laughs> uh, uh, from Boxing Day early into the new year, the World Junior uh, Championships, uh, hockey championships, are some of the best hockey, certainly from from young players. But how do you get selected? Um, you get selected um, partly uh, one way is by participating in the world junior uh, summer showcase. And um, this, this uh, showcase includes four teams, as you mentioned, uh, Canada, the United States, Sweden, Finland, um, the U S squad brought 46 players. I think the Canadian squad brought 36. Of course, that's too many for, for a world junior team, but they're having a look, they're having a good look yeah. at, at all the potential players that, that could be there, uh, in, in, uh, um, December. Um, and, uh, what we see is because nobody has a nailed down spot yet. Um, that that there's a lot of really good hockey, lots of high energy hockey, lots of 
offense, high octane hockey. Uh, and, uh, so far, uh, the tournament has been excellent. And, um, I should say that, that this tournament started, uh, just over a week ago. Um, and, um, for the first, uh, half, I guess was only available, uh, either if you're there or, uh, via streaming, uh, from hockey TV. And, and, uh, so, um, you know, our our sister site at ahl.report and and Amy Johnson has been on every game watching every game and providing live coverage on um uh, the Twitter uh feed and uh also you can you can uh go to ahl.report for all every one of the games uh there's a there's a game report there uh that you can catch up on uh but it's 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 just fun and and um you know the Canadians uh like Every other team in the NHL has prospects there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really been, I mean, yesterday Canada won 5-2, to two, and that was after an 8-3 loss to Finland. And then also you had Cole Caulfield playing against that Finnish team that, that just completely uh, demolished Canada on Wednesday. But you had Cole Caulfield pick up a goal and an assist in that game. and you know that, and you saw that the goal was the, the Canadians' official Twitter account tweeted it out this morning. They, you know, this is an exciting period of time, and like you said, this all leads to something. It all leads to the World Junior Hockey Championships in uh, on Boxing Day. This is what this is the preparation for that. This is like scouting, seeing what you have, and then eventually, when the time comes in December, you know, you'll have a better better idea of what guys can bring to the table. And, I mean, for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, and Dale Hunter, after a game against Canada earlier in the tournament, he said uh, when uh, Cole Caulfield scored that goal that made the rounds on social media going top shelf on that power play, Dale Hunter said, I imagine Montreal liked that shot. They probably were really happy to see that. <laughs> and, you know, those are the types of things that when there's so little that's actually going on, like in terms of, of actual gameplay and seeing – hockey on a daily basis this tournament is just such a breath of fresh air and and certainly when you have some nice prospects to watch for your team then it's all it's even better and it's also uh for fans it's it's uh great to watch for us it's it uh, who analyze the game it's it's uh terrific to watch but the building is also filled with uh, scouts and coaches yeah. and, and all kinds of NHL personnel. We mentioned Scott Mellenby um, a little in the first segment. Scott Mellenby uh, was there uh, and has been, was there yesterday. He has been there this week uh, uh, taking in the games for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And, uh, you know, certainly watching, um, watching Canadians uh, uh, prospects and um, we should say, other than Cole Caulfield, there's also on the U.S. squad is Jordan Harris. Yeah. Uh, Jakob Olofsson's there uh, for Sweden. Uh, and uh, the other Canadians draft pick is uh, Alan McShane, and he's, uh, he's playing for Canada. So um, Mellonby would be there uh, taking a look at how Canadians prospects fare head-to-head against prospects from other teams he'd be looking at the uh prospects from other teams and also there are um uh prospects uh in this tournament 
from the uh, uh, that are draft eligible for the 2020 draft in Montreal. Um, yeah. Two of the best, two of the best for that. Uh, well, uh, Lafreniere for Canada. Uh, he's uh, kind of the consensus number one pick at this point, early as it is uh, for next year's draft. Um, Lucas Raymond is is uh, you can't miss him if you watch a a, a a game that Sweden's playing. He's dynamic. Um, he's eligible f- uh, for uh, the 2020 draft. Um, on Raymond's uh, opposite wing is Alexander Holtz. Um, he's also a, a draft eligible player. And in between them, uh, you have uh, Jakob Olsson, who uh, you know is is kind of a two-way player and, and defensively responsible, let the young kids go with their offense. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's there to, <laughs> to be the, uh, the conscience of, of, of the line, uh, the Jacob de la Rose of, of the line. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, uh, there's lots of reasons to pay attention uh, to this tournament, uh, but it's, it's good to see how Canadians' prospects fare amongst uh, all the other prospects um to where where they where they where they rank where how they they stand up yeah and if you remember uh, there was the question a couple weeks ago about you know the nba summer league and this is not the same thing because i know that it's for you know the world juniors you know not necessarily the teams of the nhl but this is really i mean you look at a team like Colorado that drafted Bowen Byram. You look at Montreal who drafted Cole Caulfield. This is the first chance since they've been drafted. I know there's been the development camp as well or the, you know, afterwards, but this is game like against the best that other, like the world has to offer that other nations have to offer. So that's something that I think is incredibly important. So when people ask, you know, that question, why isn't there an equivalent, in the NHL to the summer league. Well, I mean, there's games that are happening and there's camps that are happening throughout the summer. And this one in particular, I think gives a great idea of where guys are in terms of their own development, because this is going to be the, this is a little bit of a tune up for, for what the world junior hockey championships are going to bring. And it's also just good to see where they stack up against, like you said, the best that the the other nations have to offer the best, players at this age range have to offer and ultimately that is something i think this is this is why this tournament is so important this showcase is so important because you get to see all those young players and and i know that you've been a a big fan of, of lucas raymond as well so getting to see in addition to the prospects that have just been drafted getting to see how the guys that are up next in the 2020 draft against the guys that have just been drafted I think is also a very interesting part of all of this so you asked the question where do uh, Canadians prospects stack up and yeah. uh, let's let's kind of let's spend a couple of minutes on that and and um, I know everybody wants to talk about Cole Caulfield but l- let's let's talk about the others yeah. I mentioned <laughs> uh, Jakob Olofsson and and um, and kind of where he fits in and He's been playing second and, and third line center for Team Sweden, and I expect to see him there uh, when the World uh, Junior Championships open in December. Um, for Canada, Alan McShane has kind of been—he's been the extra forward sometimes. 
Um, I think his game is, is just, he's, he's a very cerebral player. He makes good decisions almost anywhere he is on the ice. Uh, excellent passer. Um, Jordan Harris, um, you know, a product of Northeastern. He'll be back there this fall. Um, he, he moves the puck. He, he's, he's going to get you out of trouble. A, a, a defenseman, you know, offense, not necessarily his game. He's got an average shot, but uh, he can move the puck very well and, and uh, can set up plays. And, and uh, uh, I, I, he, he got a really nice uh, assist on uh, Kaliev's goal. Uh, for Team USA a couple of days ago, um, but Cole Caulfield and I think yeah. if you go on Twitter, <laughs> actually let's do that. Um, <laughs> I I saw this Olivier uh, Olivier Brisson, uh, and he says uh, whoever said that Cole Caulfield wouldn't be as good without Hughes are completely wrong. I haven't seen a player be this dominant ever so stoked for the future in Montreal. Now, if you watch the highlights that, that power play snipe that you talked about earlier, uh, top corner, uh, brilliant. Uh, the, the game against um, uh, Finland where, where uh, Caulfield kind of moved uh, the def- defender, I think it's yeah. Nola, um, and Thomas used mechanic. him as, yeah, I kind of used him yeah. as a screen and then and then uh, completely surprised the goaltender with his release. Uh, both were, were good. And in the in the uh, kind of pre-tournament when he was playing with USA Blue, um, he got an empty net goal. Um, he's but basically he has uh, when you look at at the, the uh, scoring list, he has two goals and an assist uh, for three points uh, in four. Um, Two in two games. Sorry, uh, yeah. that's right. He was a healthy scratch for one of the games. So two yeah. goals, one assist, three points, thirteen shots. It, it's kind of the what you expect from Cole Caulfield. If you watch those highlights that are po- pointed on, uh, posted on uh, Twitter, you might have that that uh, opinion that he's completely dominating. Um, there's other prospects at this tournament yeah. too, and Cole Caulfield is not the only one. And and I, I say that. All due respect to Cole Caulfield, and he's been he's been very good, uh, but he's not been the most outstanding prospect. There's also we notice that there's reasons that he dropped uh, to number fifteen. There's things that Cole Caulfield still has to work on. Uh, yeah. He's got to get stronger. He's got to be more engaged when he doesn't have the puck. You see, he doesn't have much of a, a defensive game right now. Um, he's got to add. He, he's a shoot first player. There's no question about that. Um, and and he's got to be more like DeBrincat. He's compared to DeBrincat. DeBrincat is is a bit of a playmaker too. So you never know kind of what he's going to do. And I think that uh, if if Cole Caulfield is shooting all the time, it's pretty easy for smart NHL players to shut that down. So yeah. he'll work on he'll work on that and and um, uh, make himself a little bit less of a one dimensional kind of player. And and. I think the the easy one is he he really needs to uh, improve his skating. Um, yeah. uh, you know he's going to be in Wisconsin. Sorry uh, if folks were expecting him to be in Montreal <laughs> this fall. He's going to be in Wisconsin. NCAA will be uh, a, a nice next step for him. He's got a good coach in Tony Granado. 
who said, yes, um, <laughs> he's young. He still has some developing to do. Uh, he'll play for the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, no, he won't have Jack Hughes, uh, but he'll have Alex Turcott, uh, with him as uh, likely as his, his center and, uh, fellow Habs prospect, Jack Gordiak. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good, it's, it's good to temper. And we've said this a million times, good to temper yeah. expectations with prospects that, that way you don't place unfair expectations on them. And, um, you know, Cole Caulfield, uh, the goals he scores are highlight reel. They're spectacular, but he, he still has some developing to do uh, before he's ready to turn pro. Yeah, and, and when you look on – when you search Cole Caulfield on Twitter, you see a lot of that where it's, you have the people that are saying that he is looking dominant, that he's doing all of these great things, scoring goals, and, and, on, and on you go. But there's also, I mean, there's people that, that say that he's not doing enough without the puck, that he isn't affecting the game enough when the puck isn't on his stick. And that's something that takes time. And that's something that, you know, even guys that are that, that, that are in the NHL that are still playing, uh, you know, in their 20s, you know, mid-20s to late 20s, are still trying to figure out. It's not something that you learn how to do, or at least not most players, especially ones that have that offensive skill set that Cole Caulfield does it's not something that comes naturally for guys but if he can learn how to be more effective and you said that it comes down to improving his ability to skate being a little bit more of a a reliable presence at least in terms of breaking things up and being a little bit more of a presence defensively if he can those are things that are ultimately going to help him be a more effective player and at this moment in time there looks like there are guys who have already gotten a little bit higher and that's that have already done that to a, to a higher degree. And that's why you see him down in the 15th available at the 15th pick where most people thought that he would be a guy that would be in the top 10, or at least, you know, it was expected that he would be there from a lot of hockey fans. So, you know, that that's something that it takes a little bit of time. And for a guy that, has the goal scoring ability of, of Cole Caulfield, then, you know, it, it's something that he's going to need to add to his game as he gets closer uh, to being uh, an NHL player. Who have been some of those guys who that have really been outstanding. I think for me, in my eyes, um, I mentioned Lucas Raymond. He's, he's, um, he's dynamic. He's exciting to watch. But the three guys who've really, um, I think, game in, game out have been uh, excellent. Uh, number one has got to be Bowen Byram, and I, yeah. I know you mentioned him. Uh, plays for Canada, Colorado pick. Uh, Alex Turcott for the U.S., uh, who I just mentioned, who uh, will also play in Wisconsin. Kirby Doc, um, taken in June by the Chicago Blackhawks. Those three players have been outstanding. Um, um, probably a second tier, if 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 I could put it that way would be uh, Nick Robertson, the Leafs pick. Uh, I reluctantly say add John Beecher, <laughs> the, the Bruins pick, to that, that yeah. group. Uh, John Beecher is, is uh, actually leading the, um, the scoring race, if there is one, in, uh, for this tournament uh, right now. Uh, Trevor Zegras has been good. Fair Flyers pick. Uh, very good uh, uh, as a goaltender. Um, 
yeah. Panthers pick. He's been great. Um, <laughs> Oliver Wallstrom, you can throw in there as well. Um, yeah. It's it's there's there there is a lot of talent at this um, at this tournament. Yeah, and and that's the thing too is that you get to see all of these prospects for other teams and teams that you look at and you think, well, listen, the Montreal Canadiens will be able to overtake them in the Atlantic, or they'll be over be able to overtake a team like a like a Philadelphia or or whoever it might be in the Eastern Conference. But you look at some of these guys. You mentioned Beecher. You mentioned Robertson, like those are teams in the Atlantic Division, Boston and Toronto, that are already better than Montreal. And if your hope is that Montreal is going to be able to have better prospects that are going to make a bigger impact, then, you know, unfortunately, the reality is, is that a lot of teams already have prospects or have just as many good prospects as the Canadians do. So I understand why there's a level of excitement around these prospects that the Montreal Canadiens have accumulated, but this showcase also tells you that there are teams that have prospects, there are teams that have high-level prospects that are already good and are just going to keep getting better. So Montreal, yes, they were close last year with 96 points, but that gap is going to need to get a lot tighter for those young guys that they have to actually make a difference and put them at that level because, yeah, like you said, they, there have been some Eastern Conference prospects that have, that have played very, very well in this showcase. And there's some that, that uh, there's some excellent um, uh, prospects that are, who are not at this showcase. Um, yeah. You know, you think of Jack Hughes, you think of Capo Kac- yeah. and, uh, Caco, um, uh, Kale McCarr, uh, Cody Glass. Um, you know, you look back to, um, I think it was May, uh, the Hockey News put out their top 100 prospects. Of course, this is before the draft, before Caulfield and, and the Canadians, you have to look down to number 22 for their first prospect in Nick Suzuki, number 28 for Ryan Paling. And the, the, the one, two, three are Kale McCarr uh, with Colorado. And, and I know you've talked about Kale McCarr and, and Byron Boehm and um, um, Timmons in that mix and Gerard yeah. uh, on the, the blue line eventually for uh, Colorado. You have Quinn Hughes at number two, you have Cody Glass, uh, for uh, Vegas uh, as a as a top prospect, I know there's um, maybe should just address this because I know there's there's uh, out there uh, Craig Button. Uh, I think it was in June. Uh, the TSN um, uh, analysts said that the Canadians have the the league's deepest and most balanced uh, prospect pool. He ranked the Canadians' prospect pool number one. Lots of fans uh, took that and ran with it. Uh, yeah. I, I, he also compared uh, Cole Caulfield to Ovechkin, so a bit of grain of <laughs> salt there. Yeah. Um, I, I would say if you're listening to Craig Button, um, uh, maybe you want to upgrade your an, an analyst. Um, not not doesn't have a great track record. Let's just say that. Um, yeah. Um, the Canadians have a have have exciting prospects, but you look at. Uh, the hockey news has them about 10th. I think Corey Pronman's around the same. Um, I, I would, if, if you want to, if you want to be educated about prospects, listen to guys like Cam, uh, Sam Cosentino, who's excellent, probably the best out there, Mark yeah. Edwards and, and his hockey prospects crew. Um, Craig Button, uh, you know, Craig's misses at the 
I don't want to go on a, a Craig Button rant here, but um, he had Caulfield at four. Um, he ranked him four for the draft. Of course, he went 15. Um, he had Soderstrom at 25. He went 11. He had uh, Sider at 26. He went six. Uh, he had Raphael Lavoie at 17. He went 38. Um, yeah. Bobby Brink at 20. He went 34. I, I just, if you're, if your sole uh, uh, source is Craig Button, you're doing yourself a, a disservice. And, and this is, this is off the topic of prospects, but uh, Craig Button had a, his, his thing is prospects, but he, he, he felt the need to um, uh, comment on the Canadians uh, off season uh, success uh, in a video uh, a, a few days ago, and it, it caught my attention just because a number of people were retweeting it. Um, Craig Button is is uh, adores Mark Bergevin. You should know that right <laughs> up front. And I don't know if it's, be- if it's because they share the same fashion sense or yeah, what the yeah. reason is. But anything Mark Bergevin does is is um, is good in his books. And he talked about the summer of 2019 for the Montreal Canadiens and their off-season priorities. Um, he, he listed, uh, the Canadians, um, uh, he listed four of their off season priorities to get a number one center, to, uh, get a top left defenseman, uh, to add a backup goalie and to improve the power play. He went through and said, as far as the number one center, no, they didn't get Ajo failure there. Uh, top left defenseman. No, they didn't get anybody there. Look for, um, Romanoff to fill that role in 2020. Um, but we're talking about summer of 2019 there, Craig, uh, backup yeah. goalie. He said, uh, Kincaid, eh, I don't know. Jury's still out. Uh, if he can, uh, not be the goalie he was last year, if he can be the goalie of the past. So a bit of a question mark there. He talked about the power play. Well, there's been no, uh, improvements on the power play, but there's no reason that the Canadians shouldn't have a better power play. Just spink- sprinkle some magic pixie dust on, on the Canadians power play and it should be fine. I thought it was, it was ridiculous. And then he went on to praise Mark Bergevin for having such a great summer. Uh, Craig button. Sorry, Craig. Uh, I know he's been on Habs 360 and all. Um, He's not, he's, he's not my go-to source and shouldn't be yours either. Yeah. And and it's hard to, and the thing about Montreal Canadiens fans is that right now they're at a point where, they'll take anybody's word and, and run with it. It's hard to take any one person's word and use it as gospel. This is the correct take. This is the person that knows what they're talking about. You have to broaden your horizons a little bit and look at some other sources that are saying that maybe the Canadians aren't actually the best when it comes to drafting and developing. And, you know, that's something that, the Montreal Canadiens, historically, yes, they have a nice-looking prospect pool now, but it's not been their strength, at least not in developing and transitioning them to the NHL level. So, yeah, it's it's all well and good to see that and say, well, you know what, Craig Button said this, but there's other there's other people out there. You have to kind of, yes, you can you can pay attention to what Craig Button's saying, but look at some other people too and kind of evaluate, come up with your own opinion on whether or not the Canadians actually have uh, top. Uh, prospect pool in the league so uh that will be if, uh, yeah yeah i i would just say um if you haven't if you haven't watched the world junior summer showcase tune in this afternoon um yes as soon as our podcast is over flip on tsn or if you're in the u.s flip on the nhl network 
uh, watch the end of Finland, Sweden, and then at four o'clock prepare for uh, Canada, U.S. And uh, Cole Caulfield will probably be in the is expected to be in the lineup for the U.S. Yeah. Um, and you'll see he's 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 a lot of fun to watch. He's a dynamic, exciting player, amazing release, uh, great hands. Um, and, um, but, but don't get your expectations up that he's going to be an immediate fix for the Canadians power play this fall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be patient, uh, say, wow, we're so, ha- we're, we're so glad. We're so fortunate to have Cole Caulfield that he fell into the laps of the Canadians at number 15. And now we're going to be patient and let him develop, let him, as, as you said, the Canadians, Trevor Timmons, Shane Churla have done a great job drafting when they've been allowed to, to do so uh, by Bergevin. Um, and uh, it's just been the, the Canadians have fallen down uh, in development and particularly the transition uh, to the, uh, the, the, the big club. And, and uh, hopefully that will uh, be uh, addressed at some point. Uh, but, but enjoy Cole Caulfield. And yeah. and the other prospects as well, um, uh, exactly. Alan McShane, Jordan Harris, uh, Jakob Olafson, and uh, uh, and 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 even those from from other teams. It's a great tournament. Um, we like prospects. We like to promote pro- prospects, but we also like to just kind of temper your expectations a bit uh, to make it fair for them. And and it's just it's fun to in, to watch these guys at this age at this stage of their development because this is before. Like, these guys aren't playing to win two-to-one. This is before that NHL structure kind of bogs them down. They can just go. And this has been the fun part of the Summer Showcase. It's the fun part of the World Juniors. Just enjoy this process for Cole Caulfield. Don't, yeah, like, don't put that expectation on him to be the one thing that can fix the Montreal Canadiens' power play that looked broken all of last season. That's not fair for him. But, yes, Canada-USA at 4 p.m. Eastern, that is is the only way that they can close out the uh, the World Junior Summer Showcase. So enjoy that and enjoy Cole Caulfield and Jordan Harris if he uh, if he's in the lineup as well. Um, so that should be that should be a fun game to wrap this thing up. And Amy Johnson of the AHL Report, as she has done for all of the other games, going to be uh, providing live coverage and game recaps. So look out for those. Um, but we're gonna take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back with all of this conversation about young guns and prospects, we're going to ask you, and we've already thrown the question of the week out there for you, and it's this. Which of the Habs' young guns are you most excited to see in the lineup this season? And uh, we've gotten some responses, so we're going to get to those after our final break. Stay with us. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. 
Then log on to showyourhave.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. back here on the Canadians Connection podcast and we've got the answer there we've got some responses to the question of the week that we threw out on Twitter which was which of the Habs young guns are you most excited to see in the lineup this season and we've gotten some answers we've gotten uh Habs Newfie at Habs Attic 9 and uh this guy's got a nice uh, Twitter profile picture with the Habs logo underneath the Newfoundland flag I appreciate that but uh, <laughs> he says, Paling is an obvious answer after his amazing debut, but I'm still high on Kutkiniemi heading into his sophomore season. He'll be bigger and stronger, and I really think he takes a huge step forward. And I think I agree with this. It's hard to, you know, you look at Kutkiniemi because he played last year, but he was only 18 years old. There's still He's still very much a part of that young nucleus of players that the Canadians have. So, I have to agree with this. And uh, everyone that's saying Ryan Paling, like Eric Baker here says, uh, he says very much the same thing. Everyone will, will say Ryan Paling because he had three goals in his debut, but cut Kenyemi is the obvious answer here. And he also really hopes uh, Suzuki makes the team as well. So you have, you know, and, and Kuichi here at Meta's cheek saying that she, or they believe that Ryan Paling is going to be the guy to watch this year, but, Kanyemi, I think, is a really interesting one. And I think that's why I look at that answer from uh, Habs Nufi. And I think that that's the one because he's still got a lot of developing to do. Hopefully he comes back bigger and stronger than he was. And hopefully gets a little bit more ice time as well. And uh, what, what about Facebook? On Facebook, we got all kinds of responses. One of the first yeah. ones we got <laughs> is from Andrew Ross, and he says, Cole Caulfield. Um, and w- one of his fellow uh, <laughs> respondents on the uh, the All Habs page on Facebook. Incidentally, if you're looking for it, um, go to uh, go to Facebook, search for All Habs, and um, you have you'll be in the midst of 40,000 Habs fans who uh, respond regularly to to that page. Make sure you uh, uh, subscribe, like that page, and and you can add your voice too. Uh, but one of the uh, 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 respondent says, uh, are, are you sure this season? And, and uh, Andrew Ross doubles down and says, yep, Cole Caulfield this season. Um, so <laughs> uh, 
not, not taking our advice in the last segment of, of tempering yeah. expectations. Incidentally, uh, something I didn't get to, uh, NHL Network just put out their top 50 prospects uh, for the NHL a couple of days ago. Uh, at the, the top of the list, you have Hughes and Kako taken one, two in, in the recent draft. Uh, three, four is Makar and, and Byram, um, both those Colorado defensemen that we talked about. Cody Glass is in there, Alex Turcott, uh, Noah Dobson, uh, Kirby Doc, uh, all in the, in the top 10. Uh, Cole Caulfield is number 25 as uh, evaluated by the folks at the NHL Network. Uh, so again, let's, let's temper expectations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we we'll go back to the the question: Who are the young guns uh, that uh, our fa- Canadians uh, community is looking forward to seeing in the lineup this fall? Uh, George Mayer says Suzuki and Paling. Uh, Gerard McDonald says Paling. Nick uh, DeCoste says Suzuki, uh, and Justin Burns says Kakinemi. I think with a year under his belt, he will have a lot more experience and he knows the tendency of players this time around. And, and that's what you said. I have to agree. When I was formulating this question, it was Kotkaniemi that, uh, that came to mind. He's not the, he's not the new name, uh, but he's the name that's likely to take the biggest step forward um, this fall. Um, We, This one, I, Claude uh, Matt maybe knows something I don't know. He says Ryan Gosling is going to be the one to watch this fall for the Canadians. Ryan oh. Gosling, yes. Uh, so okay. I, I think he meant paling, but but Ryan Gosling okay. maybe he's coming yeah. out of the world of Hollywood <laughs> uh, to uh, strap on the skates for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> that would be, I think, Mark Bergevin's. One of one of his better acquisitions, I would think, if you're looking at this from the purely entertainment value perspective, is that you get Ryan Gosling and all of a sudden you have a number one centerman because that's the way that works, apparently. Um, so wasn't it, wasn't the focus last year to add more entertainment with Jeff Molson and Claude Julian talked about uh, they they needed to be a more entertaining club. So you know maybe there's something to it. We don't know. Yeah, can't get more entertaining than uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> but yes, it, it seems as though Kutkaniemi's, at least in terms of how long he's been around relative to the other guys, he seems like the grizzled old veteran of the of the rookie group or the, at least the young prospect group that the Canadians have. But he's very much a part of that, you know. So he's he's still there, and I think I think um, you know people are are right when they say that just very is the guy to watch for this season. I think he could make a yeah. a, a big step. A couple of mentions on Facebook of Josh Brook. And don't forget the guys from uh, the Laval yeah. Rocket. Of course, Josh Brook uh, made his uh, pro debut with uh, Laval at the end of last season, played a, a handful of games, and uh, uh, will probably play a, you know, a full season in Laval, but maybe maybe eligible for a call-up uh, somewhere later on in, in the season. So uh, don't forget about uh, those folks that uh, aren't playing junior, aren't playing uh, NCAA hockey, but are playing in the AHL. And the AHL uh, report will have uh, all of the, uh, the details about that. We have uh, uh, reporters on site, both Amy Johnson and uh, uh, Chris G. Uh, and uh, we'll be bringing you all of the updates on the Habs prospects that are uh, just down the road in Laval. Yeah, and I mean those are the ones that you want to uh those are the ones you want to watch specifically if 
you know, one Nick Suzuki might be there to uh, to start next year. So that's going to be a very interesting uh, thing to watch for those guys. And, and Josh Brook is another one. So uh, that'll that'll wrap things up for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, we appreciate your uh, responses to the question of the week and, and for uh, listening uh, throughout the, the summer as we've gotten towards, uh, we get closer to uh, the start of a new NHL season. And, and there's still content that's being put out on allhabs.net. And of course, you can uh, find Habs Connection on social media or even on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, along with the other great podcasts uh, provided uh, by the Rocket Sports Radio group. For Rocket Sports Radio, we've got uh, a quartet of uh, podcasts, yeah. that being this one, <laughs> The Canadians Connection from the Press Box that happens every Tuesday uh, with a focus on the AHL. We have Hab Listen and Habs Unfiltered. Uh, and go to allhabs.net, uh, and we, there's a podcast player built into the side rail. You, you just have to uh, catch up all, all of your all of the uh, uh, back episodes, if, if you wish. Um, and uh, we should say that uh, the Canadians Connection, you can find all of uh, our episodes, canadiansconnection.com. Canadiansconnection.com will take you right there. And uh, it's um, for the next two weeks, we're going to take – uh, a little bit of a break and have uh, a very short summer holiday. We, we've, we've been here every week uh, and uh, have been pleased to get uh, to uh, add so many new listeners to this podcast uh, over the summer. Uh, we're going to take a, a, a quick break. Uh, of course, if, if major news happens, we'll do uh you know, we'll do an emergency podcast. Joe and I are up yeah. for that, uh, but we're going to take a, a bit of, of a break and, and uh, recharge. Um, Joe's maybe going to go to Fogo Island or, or Joe yeah. Bat's arm or one of those places. <laughs> and, and uh, um, yeah, we're, we're uh, we'll be back fresh and new uh, in, uh, in two weeks time um, for the Canadians connection podcast. You mentioned Ryan Gosling. I think he'd be on Fogo Island, so maybe I'll go and chill with him before he starts playing for the Montreal Canadiens in uh, in October. Um, but yes, uh, just take a a quick break and then come back, and we'll be ready to go right when the Canadians. I mean, this is going to be by the end of August. That'll be when development or for when rookie camp and all of those things are just right around the corner. So we'll be jumping right back on this, and we'll have some uh, some very interesting things to talk about. But yes, we'll take a, a quick break, but we'll be back with you by the end of August to discuss all things Montreal Canadiens, and uh, it will be at the time that you've come to know, 1 p.m. Eastern, that is 2.30 Newfoundland time, so we will talk to you then, and uh, thank you as always for tuning in to the Canadiens Connection podcast. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Connection and visit allhabs.net.